So good morning, good evening, welcome everyone and welcome to this latest uh, iteration of the Indic Book Club author Q&A. I am delighted today and especially excited because I think this is the first time we, are, we have not one but two authors. Uh, both have written the same book uh, and uh, the book is uh, In the Footsteps of Rama, Travels with the Ramayan and it's been written by Vikrant Pandey and Nilesh Kulkarni and uh, both of them I've uh, I can tell you, uh, well, okay, let's talk a little bit about the authors before I get into the book and all. So Vikrant Pandey has translated the 12 Marathi bestsellers into English. And uh, his translation of Girish Kubel's book, Tatayan the Tatas, How a Family Built a Business and a Nation, won the prestigious Gudge Capital Best Business Book Award in 2019. He's a graduate of IM Bangalore, and he... I just learned two years back, he moved to being a full-time writer. So that's uh, uh, one reason that at least I am envious of. Uh, Nilesh Kulkarni is an entrepreneur who has been running his own company for over 35 years. He's a theater and voiceover artist with over 50 years of experience and avid reader and traveler. He's also a poet, a cricket commentator, and a public speaking coach. He lives in Delhi with his artist wife. And again, I learned a very short while back that he's, uh, even though he's, you know, uh, uh, from his surname, you would have gathered he is a Maharashtrian, but he has, uh, he was born and brought up uh, to use a phrase and, and has lived uh, almost all his life in Delhi. So there is at least already some connection that I have with both of the authors in a very tenuous way. Uh, but uh, for those of you who have been following uh, Vikrant's uh, works and translations, uh, and those of you who've been uh, following the, uh, the, the, in, the endeavors and initiatives of the Indic Book Club, you would have seen that uh, we have been uh, promoting and uh, sending out copies of Vikrant's earlier books uh, from, uh, uh, from, from Ranjit Desai's translation of Shivaji to Sambhaji uh, to Duryodhan to, uh, uh, you know, to, to our members. And when Vikrant uh, reached out and said that, uh, you know, he and Nilesh had co-authored a book, not a translation, but a book, and that too, in the footsteps of Rama, I was, uh, I was very, very excited uh, to, uh, you know, to not only get a copy of the book, read it, but also have a chance to talk with the both of them. The book uh, is, uh, how to put it? It is an ideal companion to have not only when you're reading the Ramayana, whether it is a Valmiki Ramayana, the Kamban Ramayana, the, uh, the Goswami Tulsi Das Ram Charit Manas, uh, or any other version, but also if you happen to go to any of those places in India or even outside of India to Sri Lanka, for example, this is an ideal companion to have because it not only is a, a travelogue of sorts of the two authors as they went and they started their journey in Ayodhya and they ended back in Ayodhya. And, but it also intersperses this travelogue with small snippets and stories from the, from the various uh, versions of the Ramayana that tie in the, uh, you know, the, the, the story, the, the legend, the, uh, you know, what people have generally associate with those places. So, a very warm welcome to you both, Vikrant and Nilesh. A pleasure. Thank you. So I'll start off with a, with a very basic, obvious question. What was the inspiration for getting on this journey? How long did it take? And yes, let's start with that. And, and uh, yes. So 
Abhinav, I was uh, intrigued when I myself realized that the number of places which are mentioned in Ramayana, say Chitrakoot or Kishkinda or Panchavati, most people would not be able to point them on the map and say, this is where Chitrakoot is. Is it an MP or UP? That's a question people ask. They know somewhere it is in North India. Most people don't know that Kishkinda is the what people know as Hampi. Hampi has become so popular World Heritage Site, but nobody remembers, uh, nobody knows that Kishkinda is just next to Hampi. So that was a starting point when I bounced off this idea with Nilesh. And we both were very curious that this is something which has been in our consciousness for thousands of years. Somewhere we have forgotten the trail while we know the story, basic story of Ramayana. And that really started our curiosity. Uh, and we took our first step by going to Chitrakoot and probably Nilesh can talk about how we actually uh, decided to write the book. Fascinating, one, one comment on this, uh, I mean, taking it forward from where you said, you said it was a travelogue. And for just a, uh, an odd beat, I found you kind of wavering between what to call it. So the right term for it, which was coined by Vikrant and me, is mytho travelogue. So that, that's the term we remember to use for it. Of course, we strongly believe that uh, the Ramayana is not a mythology thing. It is a itihas. It is actually something which has actually happened. But then this is the this is the genre within which we have written the book, and we plan two more books of a similar category in the in the days to come. Probably you'll see them next year. Well, anyway, yes. And in addition to what uh, Vikrant has said. We had also read Walking with Nanak. That is one book both of us had read and discussed with each other. And that time we had felt that the, some of the things in it were very sketchy. And uh, for a major part, since it is a Pakistani writer writing, the travels of Nanak within India were not covered. So it's only in Pakistan that there's a 16-year gap. And then again, he comes back and he starts from there. That is the book which set off thinking that can we do this for an Indian icon? I mean, Nanak, of course, is a Sikh icon. We said... Can we probably in an Indian Indian icon again? But we thought, can we really take it forward in an icon who's known all over the world, all over the country? So we decided that we would probably write about Ram. And this book actually took shape because I and Vikrant have been friends for more than 30 years now. So we were sitting in a hotel room in Jaipur one time. We were holidaying together and the wife were out shopping to kind of to drown the sorrow we got talking. And he said, do you know where Chitrakut is? So I said, uh, you know, like somewhere here. And that somewhere here probably covered about a thousand square kilometers. So he said, Deko, kisi ko bhi pata nahi hai. So uh, shall we go there and find out what it's all about? That's where it started, this thing. And we went, this was in July 2018. And we went to Chitrakoot in September 2018. That was our first uh, uh, trip out for, for the book. And this traveling ended in January 2020, when we came back from Sri Lanka. So it took about an year or five months of traveling. So of course, it was not, it was intermittent. We have other day jobs. So we would uh, go out for a while travel for 8-10 days, write out that portion, travel for another 10 days the next month, and so on. So overall, we visited about 53 places, 53 cities and towns, and uh, must have traveled for about 150 days in these days, or 120 days at least, and then and, and got over it. So that's how the book started. Fascinating. I think uh, uh, that in itself would have been a journey, and uh, so you said you started the, the journey from Chitrakoot because, you know, of this discussion that happened in Jaipur and wanted to take a look at it. But in your book, the journey actually begins from Ayodhya. 
That's right. Yes. Yes. And you uh, you also mentioned that, uh, you know, contrary to what you had expected, uh, there weren't too many people on the day that you visited Ayodhya. So you could get uh, a longer darshan than just a passing one of, uh, of Ramgala there. And then you also talk about uh, the monkeys. Now, tell us uh, about a little bit about Ayodhya, you know, the... Uh, how was the reality compared to the perception? What were the things that you were kind of looking forward to, anticipated, expected, or were wary of? And uh, anything that uh, you wanted to include, but for reasons of space or otherwise, you couldn't uh, include in your book? So one point... Oh, sorry. Any, I, 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 I'm not taking anyone's name in particular, but it's, it's to both of, the, uh, of you. I will, I will talk about just one point about Ayodhya, Abhinav, and it was a pleasant surprise for us that we could do the Ramlala Darshan almost without any uh, crowd. There was literally nobody there. You know, we could stand there. Uh, but what happens is compared to the other Darshan we had, let's say, in Rameshwaram or uh, many other temples, uh, and I suspect that because over the last so many centuries, uh, it had not been allowed to have the sort of rituals which were being which are being practiced for hundreds of years in other temples. Uh, the the sense of that power which you get in many other uh, temples was probably missing, compounded with the fact that you know so much of security and all those barriers, which somehow prevents a. Uh, a devotee from really being able to have that experience which we really wanted to have compared to the Hanuman Gari temple which was an absolutely Ooh. or the banks of Sarayu at Faizabad near Ayodhya was an absolutely marvelous experience. Uh, so that was one point I wanted to make before Nilesh continues. Yeah, it's uh, like when we went in there were about uh, seven Darsanarthis including four of us. So there were only three others. There were about 100 policemen and roughly 500 monkeys. That was the proportion in which we were totally divided over the time. And the monkeys were so brazen that they would actually come and stand in front of you, put their hands in your pockets, take out whatever is in the pocket and walk away. And you couldn't do a thing because the policemen were laughing all along saying, this is it, just stand there, don't move. So all the prasad that we had got for you know, giving to the deity, it was all taken away by the monkeys within 10 steps of entering the premises. So, that, so I think major part of the Ramlala Darshan was spent in looking left and right to Darshan It was like that. But the feeling of awe that he's talking about, yes, we did. We got it much more at uh, Rajapur, for instance, in Tulsidas's house. We, we, uh, this is one place where uh, almost all four of us sat for a while. There was a Ramcharit Manas uh, being recited in the background. And this had been recited non-stop for 12 generations. It's the 12th generation that was reciting it there. And we were sitting there, and believe you me, Abhinav, when it came out, all four adults were crying. Actually, tears flowing down and crying. There was such a strong connected Rajapur at the residence of Goswami Kulsidas, where he lived, at his house. So it was very there. And a strong connect in uh, in Ayodhya was at the Kanak Mahal. The Kanak Mahal is another beautifully maintained. It is, it is the Rajas of, I think, Panna probably, who are maintaining it. And uh, correct, and you have a, a you, you have a story. You have a story that you include uh, in uh, right at the very beginning of your book uh, associated with Kanakmail, also, right? Yes, yes. It's about Pragyadas. 
see, uh, it, it was actually, it is not directly related to the linearity of the Ramayana story, but uh, the priests there told us that they were Ramnamis. They believed, they, they were a sect which believed, uh, which believes in service to Ram and Sita as a young couple. We said that whole temple is made in squares and the innermost square is where there was a lawn, uh, there was a garden. And in the center of the garden was where there was a, the jhula on which Ram and Sita sat as a couple. And then the sadhus would go and they would worship. So they considered themselves the descendants of the same servants. And he said, I said, do you, do you get, do you get darshan of uh, Ramlala even now? He said, we don't have the purity of the heart. He says, what is required to have darshan here is only to have a pure heart. And he said, the pure heart was the heart of Pragyadas. So he told us a story. Would you like me to give that to you in, 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 a, in a small capsule? Yes, yes, please. I think that the story is so, yeah. is, is, was so moving that uh, good you reminded that because I was otherwise going to either read the, ask you to read out that passage or ask you to tell it in, a, in, in your words. I, so please. I'll summarize it. I'm, I'm, as it is by professional storyteller, so it's easier for me to tell you than read out. So uh, Pragya Das was a, was a child somewhere, in the, somewhere near Ayodhya who didn't have a sister. And all the boys in the village would rape him mercilessly because he didn't have a sister. And particularly on Bhayadud or such occasions, they would say, look, my sister has come. She has got this for me. She's got that for me. And how come you don't have any sister? His mother was a widow. So he, he, would, he would go over to his mama and mother and say, Ki, mom, why don't I have a sister? She would say, yes, you have a sister. Your sister is Janaki, but she's married to Ram, who's the king of Ayodhya. And uh, because he has very important uh, engagements there as a queen, She's not able to come and see you. So one day Pragya Das, all of 12 years of age, decided to get up and go to Janki and meet her. So he went to walk all the way to Ayodhya and in that bedraggled state, not having eaten anything, not having decent clothes to wear, his legs, feet bleeding, he would ask around saying, Janki kaha hai, Ram kaha hai, and people would laugh at him. So one fine day he was sleeping uh, under a banyan tree there and he cried his heart out saying, I've come all the way to look for my sister and she's not coming to me. And he was, when he was crying and calling out to his sister, this voice kind of echoed in the Kanak Mahal. And Ram and Sita decided to come and give him darshan. So Ram and Sita, along with, this, with their complete retinue, came down there. And he woke up to the tinkling of the bells of the elephants and the noise of the entire retinue. He woke up and he found a royal man standing in front of him. So he asked him, he said, who are you? So uh, Ram said, I am Sri Ram, I am the king of Ayodhya. And your sister Janaki is there in the palanquin there. He said, no, that's impossible. You can't be my sister. Because which sister on meeting a brother for the first time sits in a palanquin and waits for him to approach her? The sis if she was my sister, she would have come and she would have washed my feet in tears. So hearing that, Janaki burst out in tears and ran to him and grabbed his feet and actually cried her heart out. He says, that purity of heart if you have, that is when you can get Darshan of Ram. Ram is there even today. Even today, you, I, Abhinav and Vikrat, we can have Darshan of Ram. But we just don't have the heart for it. I, I, I was so moved by that particular story. And I was thinking that, you know, this is perhaps a curse of uh, living in Kalyug, that uh, none of us seem to possess that purity yes. of heart. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, so Vikant, you talked about Kurukshetra. I'm sorry, you, you talked about uh, Chitrakoot. And I have been to Chitrakoot as, as a student because I lived in Madhya Pradesh for a few years. And... 
that's how I know most people, as you, you know, rightly said, may not. Similarly, when it comes to Kurukshetra, most people associate it as, 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 as a fictional, as a mythological place. Very few know that if you travel on the Grand Trunk Road, you do come after Karnad, you do come to a town called Kurukshetra and where there that's are right. places associated with the Bhishma and uh, the... Uh, uh, where, uh, in the entire Mahabharat war, there's actually a place that was identified as uh, the place where the Bhagavad Gita, Gita uh, you know, Upadesh happened Bhagavad and all. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so another site that, that you talked about that uh, has blended into mythologies, so to say, um, even not even Itihasa, is Hampi. And Hampi is a corruption of the, of the word Pampa which is, you know, for the Pampa River that flowed. And if you cross the river on the other side is where you have, uh, uh, where, where, where you have, uh, uh, what do you call the, which is associated with, with Lord Hanuman. And that's, uh, I think, about a 500 uh, step climb. Five so, and similarly, there is another place called the Malevant Raghunath Temple on the other side of, uh, of the river, where it is said that uh, Ram and Lakshman stayed during the monsoon months because uh, according to the vow that he had taken, he couldn't enter any, uh, any kingdom, any, any inhabited place. And that is another place where an akhand part of the Ram Charitmanas takes place. And it is very, very stirring and moving. Now, some of the stories uh, that you have included in your book, you say that is not, uh, uh, you know, there. it's not really in, found in, some of the stories are not found in the main recensions of the Ramayana that we know of, whether it is, you know, the Goswami Tulsidas or the Valmiki Ramayana or the Kamban Ramayana or the Adhyatma Ramayana. So how, and how do you decide or how did you decide when, because you heard these stories from the people who were there, how much of editing would you say editorializing did you would you say you ended up doing if any so we were very clear abhinav that we wanted to include stories which are uh, in some sense authentic and what i mean by authentic was we wanted that reference somewhere in one of the four which is tulsi ramayan kamba ramayan valmiki's ramayan and maybe adhyatma ramayan so we wanted to eknath we wanted to ensure that there is a reference to, to that part. But it was also an interesting discovery. For example, you know, the, the biggest uh, surprise to us was the Lakshman Rekha, you know, which has become a metaphor in our Indian psyche. But to our surprise, we find that it is not mentioned in any of these Ramayans which we spoke about. There is one reference in Tulsi Ramcharit Manas where Mandodiri tells Shiva, uh, Ravan, Ravan, that you could not even cross the line. That's just one very small reference he uses, but there is no story about Lakshman drawing the Rekha with his bow or with his arrow before he goes to save Ram when he hears uh, Ram asking for help. All those stories have come about uh, to our knowledge in the later 17th and 18th century where the tradition of Ram Katha continued and people, I think for the socio-economic and the, uh, you know, the kind of uh, the structure of Indian society then probably wanted to show that a husband can't leave a wife in the middle and go away. He needs to protect her or something like that. So 
so that was one story which the, the other one which uh, nilesh you can talk about your experience with uh, uh, shabri about the shabri ne bear khaye yes. and wo jhuta again is not uh, is not mentioned in the ramayans it's not there in the mainstream ramayans but going back to the initial point you made uh, uh, abhinav which is that by and large we have taken stories which were rooted in either of the ramayans so we would scour the ramayans to find out whether there is the slightest reference maybe there is just one line mentioning that particular story which is not explained and we had the full stories so we put it in but there were at least four or five stories which are so strongly rooted in the local ethos that we didn't have the heart to leave them out so we included them but wherever we have included stories which have not been cross checked or which have not lived up to the verification process we had put it through then we have mentioned that this does not find mention in any of the mainstream ramayans and we are just taking it because it is a very strong local myth for instance when ram entered chitrakoot the local story is that he sent lakshman to manikandan who was the king of chitrakoot to ask him for permission to get into uh, chitrakoot to live in his area and it is said that when he heard it he just got up and started dancing the king and, yes. uh, and lakshman takes offense he doesn't yes. understand what's yes. happening to offense because he is dancing in answer to a simple question so he went back to ram and ram told him no he has explained many things to you in this by dancing he has expressed his joy at at your coming into his area and again by showing a child like innocence he has actually conveyed to you that as long as you come with a pure heart and be peacefully i have no problems with your staying here so he said by that process of dancing he has actually welcomed us now this story was told to us surprisingly by our driver who was taking us around and then not uh, thinking it may be a figment of his imagination not wanting that we cross checked it with at least 3 4 5 sources in chitrakoot when we were around wherever we we would go we would ask manikandan ki kahani and they would tell us the same story so it is so strong in the local ethos that we thought it deserved to be in the book similar two three other stories like this have come in and talking about shabari for instance uh, the point vikrant made uh, shabari ke bear to wo jhoote bear is something we have told we are told from class 3 onward we read that story ki bhakti ka roop aisa hota hai ki shabari ne jhoote bear khilaye but when we went there and we asked the caretaker of the shabari temple there said ki shabari ne bear jhoote khaye the ki sikho why why would you do that ye to yahan se bear tod ke laayi aur usne taaze bear khilaye wo jhoote bear kyon khilayegi so we tried to explain to him he said nahi nahi maine aaj tak kabhi nahi suna ye baat and we went on and checked and found that neither uh, uh, ramcharitmanas nor valmiki ramayan says that they were this correct this came into the uh, into the common discourse much later for instance the lakshman rekha was actually first mentioned in the malayalam version of the or malayalam version and also then the telugu version of the ramayan but this was uh, probably just a little before uh, ramcharitmanas was written and then it went into the bangla version the ramcharitmanas completely ignored those versions and went into the adhyatmik ramayan for the, the ramcharitmanas is actually based on the original sanskrit adhyatmik ramayan not even on valmiki you find many commonalities for instance shiva telling parvati the story of kakapashandi and so on correct so that's where so 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 he completely ignored that and went on on the original story itself so this is a much later edition maybe only 600 years old correct and and when talking about uh, some of these differences especially with the respect to you know uh, who actually first recited the story of the ramayan and uh, there you have this uh, very fascinating uh, you know episode where you describe why crows are born half blind and uh, uh, that then relates to to this uh, arrow that was shot by lakshman uh, because uh, uh, he had taken the form of uh, uh, of a crow ka and you know ka sandhi and uh, 
So, which is why I think uh, no, for no, people who are, who are... This was Indra's son. This was Indra's son. This was not... Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, Mayank or, or was it Jain? Mayank, Mayank, Mayank. Mayank and Jain. Two, two of them are involved there. I see. So, which is why, you know, I I, uh, I said at the very beginning that this is a fascinating book to have, not only if you're reading the Ramayana to see what the legends and the stories and the itihas are associated with those places, but also if you happen to go to any of those, how many, 53 places associated with the, with the Ramayana that you covered in your book, I think this is a fascinating companion to take. Uh, I do want to leave, I you know, for those who are on this Q&A, uh, we will take questions. So you can send in your questions via the chat window. And once we're done with the Q&A, we'll take those questions uh, one by one. Uh, I want to move a little wow. further south. So after Chitrakoot, uh, uh, eventually you end up at Hampi. And Hampi is one Classic. of those places. Classic. Classic. Correct. From, but eventually then you find your way to Hampi. Now, Hampi is a place that has a, a multiple, multiple associations uh, of history and then going back to, you know, even uh, uh, earlier times. Most people recognize it as the capital of the Vijayanagar Empire, but uh, few know that it also has association with the, uh, with the Ramayana. And uh, this is the, one of the places where as uh, Sita was being carried away by Ravan and she dropped a few of her trinkets. Uh, they fell on the barren, uh, you know, rocks and all. So my experiences when I went to Hampi the first time, that was almost 10 years back. And it struck me that uh, the description of the barren place and where uh, Sugriv and, uh, and Hanuman were sitting on the rocks and then they saw this uh, the jewelry of, uh, of uh, you know, Sita Mata fall. I said, that is so evocative. How could someone have written about it without uh, knowing about the place? So tell us a little bit about your experiences of uh, Hampi. And you uh, have uh, uh, this very interesting anecdote uh, with, the, with the driver who uh, you know, tells you he knows uh, you know, Hindi, English and, and all. So please, uh, if you may. Yes, this was a driver who understood uh, every language on earth as long as it concerned him. But you ask him anything about the places that are related, he would say, no, no Hindi, no English, immediately. That was the standard response. So we had a tough time communicating to him and he was hell-bent on ensuring that we stuck to the touristy places. And every time I would tell him, uh, Vikrant would tell him, let's go to Madhubani, he would say, kyo? No, jana hai. Nahi jana hai. We'll go to Pattadakar, we'll go to Aihole. We'll go to Badami. We don't want to go to Badami. We are going to go there separately. Why do you want us to go? Say, no, 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 no. You, you have to go there. You can't come to this place. Nobody goes there. Why are you going there? So every time we had an argument with him. He's probably the only driver who did not appreciate our mission. I think Vikram may have otherwise been fortunate. Almost all the drivers, the moment we get into the car, we'll tell them we are not tourists. We are here for this job. We, we want to see places associated with the Ramayana. So in every single case, they would go out of the way to suggest places to us. Whole lot of places we came to know because our drivers told us and then we went there. But this was the only driver who was absolutely. And he had a good one at us. We were looking for the Hanuman idol at Madhuvan. That is a single stone granite, 18 foot high idol. And we asked him Madhuvan. He said, Nahi pata. We said, Hanuman. He said, Hanuman. And then he took us on a circuitous route on a hilltop. At the end of which was a temple which was about five feet high and all. And he said, Hanuman. He said, Bada nahi hai, chota hai. He said, that's it. I mean, come on. You never said bada. So there we had a four foot Hanuman. Anyway, we put it in our hands. There was a Vithal Mandir nearby. We prayed to Lord Vithal and said, Bhai, ye hai, Bhagwan, madad karo. And just as we were folding our hands, I was praying to the Lord there. I heard 
Hindi is being spoken very loudly in the middle of nowhere. So I turned back and said, "Ek Hindi aa rahi hai, kuch to koi to yahan pe hoga jo janta hoga." So we rushed and we found that there was a Vichal temple site. On the site there was a small dharam chala, and there were five sadhus who were sitting there watching television. And that Hindi that was blaring was coming from television. So we went there and said, "Hindi bolte hain ab, bada acha hua, bol rahe." So bolle, "Hamko Madhuvan jana hai." So they started laughing. I said, "Why are you laughing?" He said, "Ye to bache hai Madhuvan." And the sadhu next was actually the priest of the Madhuvan temple, Salahari Baba. Amazing. So he came down, went into the car, and within five minutes of this place, we were in Madhuvan. It was just a five-minute journey away, but the driver had the last laugh. He made us climb all those rocks, but we were very lucky because had we landed up straight away in Madhuvan, we wouldn't have met Salahari Baba because he was there in the Vichal temple at that point of time. You know, so many such things have happened. We, we've had a lovely time. We met the royal family of Alagundi, who are who are the 18th and 19th in uh, line from uh, Krishnadevaraya. They also added a lot of inputs to it and found uh, them to be very humble, very fascinating people. We interacted with them. They told us a few stories, and uh, particularly that uh, there were those menhirs there. There are these stones which are raised straight and another stone put on top, which which established the fact that as as many as 25,000 years ago there was human habitation in Hampi. So that that link is established. You don't have a direct thing that none of the menhirs says Ram came here. No, obviously not, because beyond 3 C 3 B C, we don't really have evidence like terracotta uh, figurines or or stone edicts, etc. They are not there beyond 3 B C. But the fact that there was human habitation and all the settings that are there mentioned in the Ramayana are available there, except for one thing, which is that Ram is said to have shot his arrow, killing Vali from behind the sal tree. There are no trees in Ham. There are no trees in Hampi. There are only rocks. Why that is? Correct. Why? What is the discovery? We have no idea. We couldn't trace that. We couldn't trace that. Many fascinating stories of Hampi. Do you want to add anything to your Hampi experiences? I had a uh, interesting experience where we met one guy, and it turned out to be from my institute, IIM Bangalore, where this guy has left his job in Bangalore in an IT company. and has now become a full time priest uh, you know just taking care of the temple and his father died and he took over the temple and he said that and uh, his you know the house in which he stays he says is smaller than the garage which he had in bangalore but you know we were fascinated by the kind of devotion people have and just the sheer belief that ram will take care of me that makes people do some amazing stuff uh, and this was one very humbling experience I, of course over the course of our journey we have met many such people who are devoted their life studying ramayan you know as uh, nilesh mentioned in tulsidas's uh, house in rajapur the 12th generation 400 years constant recitation part manas ka part 400 saal se ho raha hai 24 by 7 और कोई ना कोई आके एक घंटा दो घंटा चार घंटा जो है मानस पढ़ के चला जाता है to india or when you travel to what uh, you know can more accurately be described as bharat i think it is oftentimes a very humbling experience the you know the living in urban india 
feeds upon the ego of ourselves that uh, you know we have a car we have an air conditioned house to live in and therefore it makes us better than the rest of the people who don't see that and then when you watch you go you experience you witness the the incredible power of faith that uh, drives people and i think at that point it's it one you know uh, I, i can recount a couple of instances where i felt that okay i am i'm basically a speck of dirt compared to the faith that these people have i am amazing so i can only imagine over the course of your travels uh, this would have been such a, uh, an illuminating experience also uh, nilesh you wanted to say something yes i, w- I wanted to add to the story that about the i am bangalore friend we met in uh, the hanuman temple uh, the, the hanuman janmasthal is the head priest of there name is fanindranath i spoke to him even day before yesterday now So, you know, as a corporate or as a as a management graduate, most of the times we are fighting our own insecurities. What will happen to my career? What if I don't meet my target? What happens if I don't? The boss gets displeased. One thousand things, one thousand parameters we are trying to balance. In this particular case, we asked him. I said, "You are a management graduate. You must have, you had such a flourishing career. Here you are sitting in a small two room house. First thing he said, what do you feel? And aren't you insecure? First thing he said is." i was sitting there in amdavad in a huge penthouse with a garage much larger than my uh, current house but there i used to come home get drunk and i was unhappy i'd fight with my mother today i come back after puja i sit with my mother and talk to her i'm very very happy and satisfied he said i wouldn't trade this for anyone anything else second we asked him about the insecurities and his immediate comment was why should i worry the lord got me here the lord is going to take care of No, Amazing. it's a takeaway. It's so humbling. It's so humbling. He said, "This is not my problem. It is the Lord's problem. He called me. It's His job to take care of me. It's not my problem to worry about what is going to happen to me. The day He wants me to go, I'll go. If He wants me to stay, I'll stay. Nobody can move me." Now look at the faith. Look at the faith behind that. That is humbling, and this we have seen across the the entire journey. Amazing. There must be scores of people who have said this. I. I <clears throat> one th- okay so next question that i have is that uh, see traveling within india is uh, is an is an experience is an adventure in itself but it uh, can for all practical purposes if you want to go to hampi also it doesn't require as much planning as opposed to say when you went to sri lanka right so you cannot uh, say that we are we, you know if we don't find something the first time we can always go back to sri lanka it's uh, it's a slightly more involved experience uh, in terms of logistics and everything how did you go about uh, uh, you know getting to sri lanka how did you know how did you figure out that these are the things you want to go to and then in one place i think you write that you asked someone that you know we have heard that this is where ravan's palace is and the person replies but you know even if it if it had stood here would it have survived 7000 years so tell us uh, something about uh, uh, you know lanka because your call lanka is your favorite place so uh, you know uh, abina one thing which really uh, surprised us and we were very happy was that except for that driver who in hampi all people the drivers especially took a lot of pride in saying that this is my place and i shall show you about uh, you know so for 10 days in sri lanka we had one driver in a beautiful mercedes uh, big van where six of us were traveling uh, and uh, Suresh, the driver, was extremely passionate about taking us to all the places he believed. Uh, and through our tour operator, we had explained to our tour operator 
the purpose of a visit so he had planned the entire itinerary keeping the local information in mind so we didn't go by a google search or looking at some uh, internet sites to tell us we had asked the local tour operator that look this is at the ramayana trail in sri lanka is a fairly popular one i was quite actually in a way disappointed that in india we don't have a very organized ramayana trail but in sri lanka they are really marketing the ramayana trail very very well and it's a very organized uh, tour all the places are marked and the driver really knew where to take us so and of course as, a, as we do our research we met the local vishwa hindu parishad head of sri lanka ah and he yeah. he gave us some yeah. interesting uh, stories about ramayana yes yes he, interesting he pointed out some places also to us okay Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is one more point to be made about Sri Lanka. Abhi na, if I may. Yes. Yes. Please. Sri Lanka. The thing, which is that uh, the original Sri Lanka was much larger than the Sri Lanka we see now. How so? You can take it that probably yes, because if you if you see all the descriptions of distances in the Valmiki Ramayana, all of them within India are absolutely accurate. How many yojanas he says that many yojanas yojanas it is there, but in the Valmiki Ramayana. he says that sri lanka is 300 yojanas long and 100 yojanas wide which means 3900 kilometers straight and 300 kilometers wide so there is no reason to think that it was not so and the local belief is also that 9/10th of sri lanka is currently underwater so almost all the major places which are associated with ramayana are currently underwater so we probably have only the symbolic places there which which are not probably the places where they should have occurred that's that's one of the things that we were told by guru chalva who we contacted the vishwa hindu parishad person interesting and uh, what about uh, uh, what about rameshwaram rameshwaram that is, is that yes. connects essentially india you know the the the, the ramayana in india with the ramayana as it then follows in and even there uh, there is uh, something that so the how to put this so there is a place called dhanushkodi there which is about yes. uh, 15 km a uh, 15 km drive and thanks uh, 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 to the prime minister's visit a few years back now there's a proper Beautiful. road otherwise uh, you had to go by Beautiful. jeep over yeah. you know sand and all and all yeah. but uh, uh, when dhanushkodi as a town was uh, destroyed because of the cyclone that took place i think about uh, more than about 60 years back uh, the even one of the holy spots where people use you know because the word dhanushkodi itself means this is where uh, lord ram broke his bow uh, after returning and this was also very did puja to atone for the sin of killing you know uh, for brahmahatya because he had killed ravan so that spot also moved from dhanushkodi to somewhere close to the rameshwar temple but uh, in your uh, uh, in in your travel to rameshwaram anything that because there are several about five six temples is at least that are associated with the ramayan there do 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 tell, share anything interesting that you have from yes, your travels to rameshwaram first and foremost the the most of the people if you ask them where the ram setu starts from they say dhanushkoti that's not correct it actually starts from a place called setukarai because dhanushkoti rameshwaram is an island so is so is dhanushkoti is part of that island itself So in Rama's time, there was no bridge. How would they have crossed over to that side? They had to make a bridge to cross the sea to get across to Dhanushkodi. So it started in a place called Setu Karai. 
from Setu Karai to Dhanush Kodi and from Dhanush Kodi to Talai Manar. That is how the bridge was built. So it didn't start over there. One. Secondly, this uh, oft-heard story that Ram actually, after killing Ravan, atoned for the sin. This is not there in Valmiki. He did not actually Correct. stop there. When they were going in the Pushpa Piman, Ram and only pointed out the various places in Rameshwaram to Sita Maya. And he said, Yaha pe humne so he didn't stop there. The first stop was at Hampi. The second stop is, was in Allahabad uh, for Prayagraj, for uh, Darshan of Rishi Bharadwaj. And the third stop was at Nandigram, where he met Bharat. So he did not stop at Rameshwaram as per the Valmiki Ramayana. But then there are as many versions as there are Ramayana. There are different stories which are internalized on local, on the basis of local folklore. So other Ramayans say that he stopped there. But then, in this case, the yeah. Shivalinga was established at the Rameshwaram temple before he went to Sri Lanka. To see that the is of, uh, uh, yes. That is where the story of Hanuman is that he had asked Hanuman to get the Shivaling. And Correct. while he got delayed, Ram made a Shivaling of uh, sand and Hanuman was very upset. So Ram said, okay, you destroy this uh, Shivaling and then we'll use yours. And as it were, Hanuman could not uh, just even move the sand shivling and he fell uh, he realized the power of uh, you know after all Ram, Ram being uh, Vishnu yeah. and that shivling but yeah. Ram said that your shivling will be first worshipped before people worship uh, this shivling. Yes. So beautiful the, the, again you know, we were so lucky that in the entire Ranganath Swami temple we are standing literally four of us and having a darshan without any crowd. Otherwise, that temple is hundreds of people. People push you and you can't stay for more than probably one or two minutes. We could spend half an hour literally standing there. There was no crowd at all. It was, I just what couldn't believe it. time did you go there? Because, you know, every time we have gone to the Rameshwar temple, we have, uh, I think the first time we were at the temple at 6 a.m., the second time we were at the temple at 5 a.m., the 5 a.m., there were less people, but uh, nowhere as as few as uh, what you mentioned, that, you know, just a handful of people. So perhaps uh, the next time we go to Rameshwaram, we'll follow your advice. Go with us. Anytime. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to take a pause here and... Uh, I'll take a few questions that have come in from uh, our uh, from our attendees. So there is one from Gaurav Kumar who says that thank you. Uh, okay, so thank you, Indic Book Club, for sending me this beautiful book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a travel worth reading. So thank you so much, Gaurav, for acknowledging that. And uh, again, I would request, uh, and I'll do this as a public service announcement. So thank you, everyone, who get copies of books uh, from Indic Book Club. When you do, please do make it a point to tweet about it, put it on Facebook and do write a review. You don't have to write a review that is a thousand words long. You can write a 200, 300 word review, put it up on your blog if you so want, but definitely also write and put a small review on Goodreads and Amazon because that is the place where even if people don't make decisions on, uh, even if people decide not to buy the book from Amazon, but they buy it from elsewhere, the fact is that these reviews do serve as a, uh, they help in the decision-making process. So please do that. So thank you, Gaurav. Praveen has a question. Why do we call Ramayana as mythology? Shouldn't it be history? So I think, uh, Nilesh, you talked about it, that uh, it is uh, generally, it is what we would call itihasa, but uh, thanks to our uh, 
the genres and in uh, how books are classified. That's where it uh, falls, but it is essentially Itihasa. This is what happened. And obviously anything that happened thousands of years ago, you will find different versions of it that float around. Uh, so now Gaurav has one more question. He says that in the book, the authors mentioned about a village in Uttarakhand where Lord Numan is not worshipped because he took a part of the mountain containing Sanjeevni to, to save Lakshman. How about the people of Sri Lanka? Do they have similar sentiments for Rama as he killed their king? Vikrant, all yours. Yeah, so we, we did ask this question to the VHP uh, head as well. And to many people, you know, uh, one thing you find in Sri Lanka for sure is that there is a the Hindus worship Ram. There is no doubt about it. But Ravan also is considered as a very intelligent and somebody who was very knowledgeable. Clearly, he's not seen as a kind of villain which might be portrayed in India to that extent. But we were surprised that he's not worshipped in Sri Lanka. There is no Ravan temple which it's is worshipping. Yeah, right up north. We could not go there because of the LTT problems which even continue today. So our driver mentioned that those places, while you're okay to go, uh, it is kind of avoidable. In fact, he also told us not to speak in Tamil because there are always uh, these political forces at work. Uh, but uh, yes, Ravan, I think, uh, is seen in Sri Lanka as a king, as somebody who was a very, who made a mistake. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there was just one place, there was there near, uh, near the Sita uh, Elia temple, there is a place called Sri Gayatri Pitham, which is the only place where we met a person. That is the place where Indrajit and Ravan used to pray in order to get their divine powers. That is where Indrajit actually first got his divine powers. So that is the only place where we found a slight bit of antagonism about Ram in the tone in which he was spoken about. He said, what do you think? You think Ra Ra Ravan was a villain? He wasn't. He was the master of the three worlds. You know, he, he was kind of very aggressive about the whole concept of uh, Ravan being thought of as a villain by Indians. He's the person who explained a very interesting concept, Avina, which uh, I think the listeners would like to would, would appreciate hearing about, which is that Ravan Tino Loko ke Swami thi. So Tino Lok doesn't mean Swarg, Prithvi and Patal. Actually, anything north of Himalayas was probably considered Swarg Lok. India and Sri Lanka were Prithvi Lok and anything geographically to the south of Sri Lanka was Patal Lok. So, Tino Loko Ke Swami means his power extended to the entire known universe as it was then to then. He says that is why. Because there, is, there are records of uh, Ravan's army beating Kubek's army somewhere near the foothills of the Himalayas. He says that okay. is up to where he was. He used to rule. That is his power extended up to there. And uh, Janasthan, where uh, Shurparakha used to rule, along with Trisiras and Khardushan. Uh, Janasthan, he said, is the northernmost tip of the empire of Ravan. That is Nasik. That is up to where his direct kingdom extended. That was one of the 10 provinces of Ravan, uh, Ravan rule. And the uh -huh. 10 heads of Ravan again, this was explained to us there that when he sat on his throne, he would have the 10 crowns of the 10 provinces put behind him. So if you looked at him, it seemed as if he was here and there were 10 heads on 10 sides. That is the concept of the 10 heads of Ravan. Besides the other explanations, which I've otherwise been this is a novel concept which we learned only in that uh, Lanka Thirwar temple there. So that's the only place. 
otherwise uh, as far as worship is ravan is worship of ravan is concerned i take uh, pleasure in shocking people by saying that ravan is actually worshiped in noida near delhi sector 56 noida is a place where there is a ravan temple because that is where ravan is that is the village in which ravan was born so there is a regular ravan temple where there is a regular ravan aarti subah sham and there is there is prasad given out in ravan's name so the the closest temple to ravan is very close to delhi i am almost tempted to say nilesh that perhaps uh, you know delhi is a fitting place for someone like ravan <laughs> to be mentioned but uh, we, let's not uh, objection to it i was born and brought up, <laughs> up in delhi and uh, i was strong staunch delhi i would take strong objection to it <laughs> i would have said it is but let's 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 narrow the the scope of delhi down to i think lutians where uh, it's only fitting that ravan should be worshiped but let's leave that aside uh Uh, so Anand Ghuria has a question, and he asks: Are you aware of a book with a similar name in Marathi by Dr. Bhave? Uh, and the book's name is Ram Chandra Padyanbhar. Padyanbhar, correct. He was a doctor and an aviator. He uh, surveyed the whole thing uh, in, uh, on his plane. Uh, one of the reasons, uh, Abhinav, we wanted to have the experience for ourselves. You know, so while we read all the Ramayans five or six, which you mentioned very in great detail, but the other experiences we wanted to do it ourselves rather than get coloured by. Uh, so I had heard about Dr. Bhavi's book, but I not I did not read it uh, before we went on our journey. Okay, uh, and Praveen K has a question. He says, uh, "Okay, this will please you. I just bought it while listening to you." and thank you praveen for sharing that that this is one of the intents behind doing these q and a's uh, it's uh, to you know introduce books to people and having there's nothing like in my opinion having the author talk about these books because you get to know so much of uh, context and color behind these books so thank you and thanks for taking the efforts to give me the motivation to do this trip excellent i think uh, the more it encourages people to go to these places uh, yes. associated with uh, with the itihasa you know with so for example uh, near bangalore there's a uh, near mandya actually there's a place called uh, uh, pandavpur which has associations with the mahabharat wow. and people say it used to be called bakasurpur and uh, till uh, you know uh, bakasur was killed by by bhim and then it and uh, we went there and we had the most delicious jaggery there so these are some of the things that you experience only when you can go to these places so uh i wanted to thank you again uh and we'll wait a few more minutes if there are any questions there's one more uh, question i wanted in. to somebody had asked abhinav that you know it's not mythology it's itihas i think he yes. missed the the first part where we clarified that while we call it mythology in certain places because of the myths Which get added over a period of five thousand, six thousand years. Very clearly, me and Nilesh uh, believed, and we saw the uh, the reference of it. We would call it as uh, you know proof that Ramayana existed and exists. There is no doubt about that. So it is itihas. But in certain places, we use the word colloquially as myth because you know certain folklore, certain stories get added to it. Like you know, in, even in Kamban Ramayan, not going uh, uh, to today's times, even Kamban has a habit of hyperbole. You know, where it talks about crores and crores of vanar and lakhs of trees. Even, even Valmiki, Valmiki has that. So th- that is a hyperbole, which obviously does not mean that it is not true, but it is just that the 
exaggeration part is done to excite the reader to talk about it. The, num if the number of Varnas are added in Kambar Ramayana or Valmiki, then it will you know, stretch beyond from Rameshwaram to Hampi. Uh, but so that right. we have to ignore that part when we are reading. Uh, Correct. And, and that is, I think, uh, uh, part of the part of, of, of uh, you know, enhancing the poetry of the book. So the use of Alankars, and, and in this case, I think it would qualify as an Atishokti Alankar where you are uh, using yes, this absolutely. exaggeration. But uh, so thank you for clarifying that. And, and I think it should be clear that, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a factual core history behind it. And obviously, as with anything, you know, over thousands of years, uh, it is the right of the people who believe in it to to adopt it and make it their own. And as part of that process, uh, they will add uh, you know, certain facts to it uh, that may not be in the original. Uh, there there, is, there question. is a lovely book called Rama, His Historicity by Bibi Lal who was the superintending archaeologist who carried out the excavations at, at Ayodhya. And he has made it very clear that from 3 BCE, there is regular evidence unearthed in excavations all across India, which has figurines of Ram, Sita, and the story in it. For instance, the earliest terracotta figurine is Ravan kidnapping Sita, which is 3 BCE. So he says, across the country, you couldn't have had a similar story tra traversing the entire length so many years ago, if it had not had an element of truth. It has I, want to answer, I want to answer one question on monkeys. Somebody had asked about monkeys, and Correct. we mentioned that in our in our uh, in our book as well. But monkey psychology we learned only in Chitrakoot, where somebody said that all you need to do is carry a stone in your hand, but you never throw the stone at the monkey. You just show the monkey the stone, which tells him that he can get hurt. The moment you throw the stone, he knows that you no more have a weapon. And as far as you carry the stone and just show it to the monkey, the monkey does not come anywhere near you and you can carry on with your walk. We did the entire Parikrama of Chitrakoot by just carrying one stone in our hand. So the amazing monkey psychology we learned <laughs> at Chitrakoot. Uh, so there was another question. Another thing about I, the monkey was that, yes. Yeah, just uh, another thing question. about the monkeys was that this is not necessarily monkeys are not necessarily only at the places uh, which have Ram temples. We saw them in Shiva temples also. That's right. Got it. So yeah, yes. The 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 Trikuta Parvat Shiva temple had a lot of monkeys. The monkeys I think are drawn by the by the prasad that gets in. So there are monkeys all over. They're not necessarily only at the Ram temples. Not only Correct. at the Ram temples. Correct. And you know, to your book question. Uh, yes, I, 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 so I, by yes, 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 I love that. Peru, yes. Uh, the reason why uh, Ram was directed to go to Sugriv and talk to him, one of the prime reasons was that Sugriv was one of the most learned people in the field of geography of the world as it existed at that point in time. He had the maximum knowledge about geography. So it was thought that if there was anybody who could score the directions and tell people where to go to look for Sita Bhaiya, Sugriv was the person. So Sugriv had a lot of in, lot of knowledge of geography. So if Sugriv talked about uh, uh, Peru, for instance, it is quite possible, quite logical, because Sugriv was essentially a geography expert, besides being a extremely learned and educated and well-read person. Again, another issue, uh, another uh, the uh, you know similar thing was that there have been idols of huge idols of Vanars, similar to Sugriv and Hanuman, which have been unearthed in excavations in Peru. That's a fascinating kind of connection. 
Divya Mahajan has uh, a question. She says that thank you, authors and Indigo Club, for sending me such a beautiful and meticulous work. Uh, thank you, Divya, for acknowledging that. And her question is Are you planning something on the lines of Pandava Vanvas? You know, we, we selected Ramayan because there was a linear geography to uh, from north to south, you know, going via Panchavati to Rameshwaram and Sri Lanka. Uh, but while we're not talking about it right now, there is another fascinating journey which in India people have been doing for many, many centuries. And that's one of our projects. It's again a combination of uh, mythology, where I use the word mythology because it is about mythology, Shiva and uh, Parvati and others, and about travels as well as history combined. So we are hoping that next year we would have such a fascinating book out, which will be as endearing and enjoyable as uh, the Ramayana. But Mahabharata, the problem is that it goes, it goes to very different. Uh, you know, if you look at Krishna, I mean, it goes from Dwarka to Mathura to Kurukshetra to Hastinapur various places. So it's not a very linear geography where one could actually travel in a, in a kind of a one direction. And it's, it's wonderful news to hear that you are working on, on, on a you know, project like that. And we can expect a book next year. Uh, Vijay has a question. Any views about Hanuman not being an ape as it is popularly believed? Uh, this is Vijay Raghavan from Mumbai. Yes. There is, there is, uh, there is, uh, the Raja of Anagundi told us that there was, there was a tribe of people living there who were not monkeys. They were, they were, uh, literally speaking, but the standard that they bore, that flag had the emblem of a monkey on it. Therefore, they were called the monkey people. Ah. All of them may not, they may not have been monkeys. Actually, they were actually jungle people who lived in the jungle who carried a standard, which had a monkey emblem on it. So they were called the monkey people. That's the story we heard there. Okay. Uh, so in closing, uh, you know, you talked about the book in the, uh, the, uh, the historicity of Rama, you know, by written by Sri Bibi Lal. And I think uh, the excavations that he, that he did at Ayodhya, they were published in the Archaeological Survey of India uh, annual book, I think in 1977, 78 or so. It's another quite, it's another thing that uh, it became controversial only, you know, more than a decade later. But uh, leaving that aside, uh, it's, uh, I'd like to thank both of you, Vikrant and Nilesh, for coming on this uh, Indic Book Club author Q&A. And uh, much as the book is a fascinating read in its own right, it was a pleasure listening to you recount some of the incidents, the anecdotes, uh, and your experiences in that journey. Uh, folks, the, books, uh, the book is called In the Footsteps of Rama, Travels with the Ramayana. It's been written by Vikrant Pandey and Nilesh Kulkarni, published by HarperCollins. It's available. Uh, it's available both uh, in hardcover as well as I think a Kindle book Kindle. version is also available, right? Yes. A Kindle ebook version is also available. Do buy a copy, do read it, do tell others about it, do leave a review on it, and do follow us, Indic Book Club, on Twitter at Indic Book Club and on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Indic Book Club, and you can continue the conversation there. Again, Nilesh and Vakrant, thank you so much for coming on board. The last word is yours. When you do the, the journey of Ramayana, yes. yes. uh, if if nothing else, there will be some change in you, uh, is what I felt.
we were told this by uh, Baba Prem Das, who was the uh, Mahant of the Hanuman Gadi Temple. When we started off, he said, you are going on a long journey. I don't know how your book will shape up. I don't know what you will write in it. But I can assure you of one thing. After you complete the journey, something inside you would have changed. And it actually has. And we don't even know what has changed. And the change will probably continue. Excellent. Thank you so much again. And folks, we will put this up on YouTube, the video, in a few days. Thank you. Again. Thank you, Vino. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.